Hello everyone. Welcome to LTV Talks. Today we have Dara with us and uh, Dara is the chief builder at Mad Duck Insights. He has been with the business for about 3 years, or 2 and 1/2 years. And together with Mad Duck Insights and Mad Duck Publishing, what Dara and team are doing is enabling mobile developers to leverage the advantages of subscription businesses without having to grasp all its intricacies right in terms of setting it up publishing but then also generating insights and they are at this mission to democratize the mobile subscription business for all app developers across the globe with that dara welcome to the show man uh, thank you for to be here thanks for having me absolutely and such a fascinating name uh, mad duck and uh, and the fascinating journey tell us about the name first because uh, yeah i wouldn't be able to proceed without that yeah yeah we're all ducks and and it's dark uh, we we are mad so <laughs> i i i think uh, the, the the mad thing is funny part see it on our website as we are uh, mad about the, the apps and the opportunities that uh, that world uh, gives us and 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 ducks uh, i don't really know why ducks <laughs> as, as an animal uh, but uh, they they're cute and <laughs> why not uh, and our uh, shared folder is ducklings so yeah we really nice bottom thing into the name uh, This, in fact, uh, last week we celebrated our fifth year uh, as a company, and uh, we had our, our little duck logo pinned on our shirt. It's a treat. It was really nice. It was fun. It's very cool. And uh, how did you? Uh, and what does Mad Duck do? Like, what are all you all you Mad Ducks doing right now? And uh, uh, what? Uh, because I understand there's a publishing. company and there's an insights layer to your company so do you mind explaining to someone who hasn't come across medduck like what do you what is the company doing uh, yeah sure we uh, basically this this story starts with uh, building our own apps basically um, and with uh, a successful a couple of apps uh, then you move on to publishing we can dig into the details a bit later on that Uh, and uh, again, uh, seeing the, the opportunities and the, uh, the pain points that we experience along the way. Uh, I mean, publishing was born from such a pain point for us. Uh, and while we're going with publishing, we had another uh, pain point, and that's why we started uh, the insights layer. So basically, we have uh, three business lines. The first one is. Building apps, doing uh, our own apps, mm-hmm. and them. The second layer is partnering with uh, developers and helping them uh, unlock the secrets of, of a sub- subscription business. And the third layer is, as you said, the insights uh, layer, which is uh, a tool, uh, a software as a service tool that can be used to uh, really uh, discover the opportunities and the problems uh, on. while managing uh, your subscription app. And uh, it might be important to say that uh, we do apps uh, on subscription business, but we really, really focus on only subscription apps and for the time being uh, on iOS. Uh, so uh, I think we have a pretty 
deep expertise in the area since we've been on, on this for, for a couple of years now and have seen different aspects of the business, both from uh, the development side as we developers, uh, on the marketing side, on the growth side, and then as uh, builders of, of a tool, right? So mm. it's really a complicated market, and uh, we really think that there's something to, to build and uh, something to do to help uh, all those developers out there to, to really achieve success within the, within the uh, subscription arena. Absolutely. And uh, Dara, if we rewind a bit, right, like if you can bring us back to like when you started out building apps, uh, what were, are you, do you come with a developer background, by the way, like, or were you coming? uh, No. So I'm familiar with the tech side. But I'm mm-hmm. not a uh, tech person myself. Uh, and were you always developing subscription apps at the from the beginning? Like, were you already sort of bought into that space, or were you trying hands at different type of monetization strategies as well? My own discovery of of mobile was not on the subscription side. It was on the uh, tailor made app building side. So building apps for banks, telcos, etc. Uh, that's where I discovered how you develop things, uh, different uh, programming languages, how front-end talks with the back-end, etc., etc. Uh, but mm-hmm. subscription is, uh, is much more recent. Uh, and I, in the, I myself am in the subscription on it for about three years now. Okay, got it. And uh, in your journey as Mad Duck Publishing, right? Like I imagine that's what the business started out as first uh, first step, or was it from the get go Mad Duck Publishing and um, helping you know app developers uh, to monetize or to make oh, from, 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 from their the apps a business? From, from, from the from the start was uh, really uh, by building uh, our own apps, uh, our own subscription apps, and. The idea there was there was a special opportunity in the subscription area, in the non-gaming area, uh, and the, the company was founded five years ago, as I was saying mm-hmm. at the beginning. And at the time, gaming was all the rage. Uh, gaming had uh, more than seventy-five percent of the revenue uh, in, in the markets, uh, and it was still growing. But uh, that year, uh, subscription app growth was already bigger than gaming app growth. And mm-hmm. uh, since then, uh, I mean, the, the subscription grew about uh, almost 40% uh, in 2018, uh, as opposed to uh, around, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 10-15% for, for, for gaming, right? So uh, the, the idea was... Uh, uh, and again, non-gaming was also untapped. So the idea was uh, to have both uh, non-gaming and, and subscription apps, uh, which were at the time still uh, not much tapped uh, and uh, therefore presented a, a bigger opportunity. And we, we, we started with uh, a couple of apps. And uh, I think uh, in... In hindsight, 
I think there was also uh, luck involved in this because uh, one of our first steps was it was a success. Uh, pretty quickly it grew, uh, and this really what this did to the to the perspective of the company was that okay we are on the on the right track, uh, we are on the right market, and look we didn't have any expertise on the subject. We started and with our uh, first try we uh, struck gold, and uh, we should go on and move forward. And then came uh, a couple of uh, other apps uh, that we built, uh, but uh, they weren't as successful as the first one. This is when when we uh, when the company started to to see that okay, the potential was there, uh, the opportunity was there, but it wasn't that easy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and this is where the uh, publishing uh, idea came into being because, uh, as you might know, uh, developing and maintaining app is a, is a really costly business. And uh, at the end of the, I think, uh, I would say second year, uh, we had uh, around a dozen of apps, and mm -hmm. uh, most of which were not as successful as the, as the first one. And the, the cost of building them and maintaining them required uh, a larger, larger team of developers, project managers, product owners, etc. And the real realization was that uh, okay, uh, the, the product is really important, so you should have uh, a great product built well. Uh, so the idea and the concept are really important, uh, but you don't need uh, the developer team to to be in house to be able to build uh, great stuff. And mm -hmm. Uh, what can make the difference is first uh, understanding, analyzing the data, uh, and uh, acting on the marketing uh, arena accordingly, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, having the, the, the funds to do it, having the cash to be able to do it, uh, right? And uh, therefore, the, 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 the first uh, reflex was to, okay, was there any way uh, to outsource, offload this development uh, cost, so that we can really focus on the on the growth side uh, and uh, the concept side. Uh, and when you look at the other side of the uh, of, of the coin, on the other side of the coin, I think, uh, and that's still true, there are a lot of uh, apps out there which are really great. Uh, great, uh, based on great observations on the market, uh, based on great pain points, the products are, are well built. But uh, the, the, the problem is that the team that built the app uh, doesn't have the expertise to uh, do the ASO correctly, the app optimization correctly, the, the, uh, the how to spend the money. The, the, it's not the expertise, and most of the time, as uh, we started seeing when we started the publishing business, they are really not interested. Uh, they, they really love building products, you know? Mm. And, uh, the marketing side, the spending money side, is, uh, might come as a burden to, to most of them. There are also teams who have, as founders, really uh, an article, people who love numbers, who love to get the numbers, and who have this knack for marketing. They can do well for themselves, of course, but that's not the majority. 
Uh, and second pain point is, is the cash. I mean, if you have a great app, but you don't have the cash to uh, run tests, especially today, uh, even you know your way around or you have the capacity to learn, uh, you, may, you might like the, uh, the finance to do so. So uh, unless you have uh, a venture capital or a seed that's there to, to help you out, which has uh, its own uh, drawbacks, uh, you can be stuck, right? So the pain point on the other side of the coin, as I was saying, is twofold. The first one is lack of expertise and or interest. And the second one is lack of uh, financing to build something like that. And uh, on our side, our idea was to uh, really offload this uh, development side of things. And it was a match made in heaven, basically. So uh, the idea was, okay, there is this concept of publishing in the gaming arena. Uh, mm -hmm. It was really already popular on that, but uh, it was really rare at the time. Uh, I'm talking uh, two, three years ago, maybe, for long gaming stuff uh, in subscription. So uh, again, uh, as we dug into the building uh, subscription apps, we thought, okay, we should run uh, a subscription uh, publishing business for loan gaming. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's uh, where I came in uh, to build the publishing arm uh, of the company. Very interesting. Uh, I have a few questions, though. I think, like, it's... Um... It's very fascinating. And as you summarized, right, I think it's like when you're a developer, you're starting your, to build your app, but then you might lack the expertise for, for marketing or have that knack for marketing and analytics. My question is, how early on does that need become very important to a developer and for your app to be a successful business? Uh, is it something where, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of different stories in the market, so to say. There are stories where, apps grow naturally and organically to a certain stage and then they need to develop this marketing sophistication and started to or starting to optimize their budgets and you know how much they should they spend and stuff like that and then now i feel like that it's getting so crowded or not crowded but competitive i should say that maybe this comes in early for a developer like maybe three years ago it was you could get on with your business for some time, whereas now has that limit being pushed back? Or is it something that, you know, why do you think that's such an expertise that app developers need and at what stage? Um, I think uh, an expertise is quite right out of, right out of the gates, but uh, I, I don't mean that in terms of uh, paid marketing only. Uh, what I mean mm -hmm. by that is uh, timing and your product as I said, are really important. And uh, if uh, your timing is good, uh, you can have a successful app uh, like uh, all those uh, apps that rely on ChatGPT, APIs, etc. Um, you can have a successful app. You can be one of the first ones out there if you had the knack of capturing that trend and seeing this uh, the pain point and seeing the potential of it and building this stuff. But uh, right out of the gates, uh, it will depend on, on the keywords you used. Uh, it will depend on the uh, screenshots uh, you put on the App Store, the description, mm -hmm. etc. And all those, uh, I, I include all those 
uh, uh, how I call it, KPIs, all those metrics uh, in this uh, quote expertise, right? Because uh, I think uh, picking keywords, uh, adjusting good screenshots or videos or descriptions, uh, having uh, optimizing or ratings right, 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 uh, right in the beginning. Uh, these all require a knowledge on how the, the store works, how how those algorithm works, how Apple uh, puts your app, uh, puts your app uh, in front of others. And mm -hmm. uh, if you are really a product guy, uh, just seeing an opportunity in the market, you might like those uh, those points, those expertise points. So uh, I know for a fact that there are uh, ASO experts uh, who only rely on organic traffic, but they are beasts. They only do that. Uh, they do. They, they are uh, well versed on on those <laughs> on those. And metrics and they grow the app uh, for a couple of months and they sell it. They, they are, I know developers who do that, that as a business. Every year, a couple of months, they build an app, they rely only on organic and they sell it away for uh, it could be a couple of uh, could be 20, 30,000 to, to much more. That really depends on the metrics and trend you just were able to, to catch. Uh, but uh, to really grow into a uh, uh, million dollar business, at some point you will need uh, paid uh, marketing. Uh, mm. So uh, I think that builds up, right? So uh, of course you should have good, uh, a very good solid foundation from the product perspective. And that should be improved with your optimization on the store with all the details that I mentioned just before. And then you build on this organic uh, to to get paid traffic. Mm -hmm. Then uh, try to grow exponentially. Uh, and again, uh, so uh, your question was, when the developer needs that expertise and when's the good time? So my, my answer states, if you don't have any uh, expertise on organic, etc. Uh, basically, it's right out the gates. You could, uh, should, you should start doing something about before putting it on on the app store. There is a bunch of stuff uh, that should be done to optimize mm. to uh, optimize your chances of success. Basically, you can't yeah. just yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, throw it at the app store. It won't work. A very low chance that it will work. <laughs> you need a high amount of luck uh, as well. But uh, and what about? For instance, uh, one thing I was thinking about is as you go on and develop this expertise, uh, maybe you need these set of foundational things as well in terms of ASO or, you know, just setting up your screenshots in the right way, right? Because you might not know how to do it. So there is some foundational setup that you are mentioning that is required from a developer's perspective right from the get-go. My, my question is, are these optimizations uh, for app developers? And this could be a very quick uh, answer, but I'm just thinking like, are these quick optimizations or is this something that you set in stone and you sort of, you know, uh, stay with that foundational layer for, uh, for some time? So it's not necessarily to get most out of your setup, but it's making sure that you don't lose out because of your setup, if that makes sense, right? Like you're not doing something incorrectly or is it something that you ex recommend people to tweak quite, um, quite, early on and quite quickly? 
what, what I uh, observe so is that uh, I'm going back to, to the to the word you use set in stone. Nothing is set in mm. stone. Uh, everything is <laughs> always in flux. So uh, even uh, you end up leaving your campaigns or your keywords as they were in organic and paid, whatever the, the, the outcome. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes you have you can have campaigns that run for more than a year. They're optimizing more and more because uh, you have all those algorithms that are a black box in, in etc. Uh, so they learn more, they become more optimized, etc. So some you don't touch for months, maybe more. Uh, but you should always keep an eye uh, to see if there's something wrong. And uh, everything is always in flux. Keywords are changing. Keywords are becoming more popular and becoming more expensive. So you have to change your bid. Uh, you try to uh, own uh, some keywords and the competition uh, is always in flux. Mm -hmm. So this is why basically there's always some, uh, you can't just set up something and lie back and, and wait for that to, to work. You, uh, you always have to be on the lookout. And this is mm -hmm. why there are all those tools out there and we are adding, we are adding a new one <laughs> to, the, to the fray because th th that's a pain point. That's basically the pain point of, of, of this business. It's uh, too complicated and everything is intertwined. Uh, so we, you really have uh, uh, mountains of data to, to look at, to analyze, to try to understand. And uh, this is why this business is both interesting uh, and challenging. And you, if you can succeed, uh, very uh, promising. Hmm. That's very well summarized. And uh, also one, one question then, right? Like you mentioned you built a few apps. Seems like you got a great handle on how subscriptions work and what is required for them to work over, over the years. How, you know, has it been very smooth ever since in terms of developing these apps and do you feel you have a great grip on you know what to do uh, initially even with the apps that you take on uh, is there a model that you apply and if so like what is that and how do you uh, you know how do you go about optimizing for these setups right uh, maybe don't give away your secret sauce uh, of course but like something that uh, you might uh, give us as a mental model to think about what it needs, right, in terms uh, of successing or having success in subscription apps? Uh, well, uh, as I was saying a, a bit earlier, that was the, the, the impression we had uh, when we had mm. success with, uh, with the first app that uh, we, we cracked it, we found this new uh, new thing that, uh, that we would be successful in all uh, things that we tried, but then... Uh, <clears throat> When we didn't have the same success in, in the uh, following apps, we started to to dig. So uh, one of the uh, one of the effects of um, uh, having those difficulties uh, for our uh, newer apps was, as I was saying, we started uh, to think, okay, how we can offload this development part. Uh, but the second effect was. Uh, for us to dig into App Store data. And uh, I said earlier that you were focused on uh, iOS only. That's basically because uh, most of the revenue is on iOS. Uh, overall, I think it's around 70%. Uh, 
but uh, for subscription, it's even it's even higher. It's around eighty percent uh, on iOS. So uh, that was uh, that was the motivation uh, of our choice. If you're gonna crack something, let's crack it first on, on iOS. Um, uh, so uh, that's when we decided to dig into Apple reports because. As most of the developers know, App Store dashboards are not that great, uh, to, to say the least. And uh, that's why you have all those analytic tools out there. And uh, however, App Store provides uh, a very weak set of data uh, in downloadable form. So uh, what we did there was to uh, really hire a, a guy who had uh, an exceptional Capability to analytic capability to uh, to dwell into that, and his only uh, task was to decipher those reports and understand what they meant. And he didn't have a KPI, he didn't have uh, a target, a specific target. His goal was really to okay, what can we do? What what what? How can we leverage those reports? Because if uh, Apple is, is giving them up. There must be something uh, going on, and uh, surely, uh, slowly, <laughs> but surely, we started uncovering those uh, uh, the secrets, maybe, of, of the App Store. So, uh, first, it was a lot of manual data, as you might imagine, mm -hmm. uh, but then we started building uh, some in-house tools, and from what I hear, uh, I think a lot of uh, companies who uh, go above a certain uh, revenue, start building their own tools. And maybe we'll come to that later. And I, I really think that's, uh, I mean, it makes sense when you do it, but it's really a bad allocation of resources industry-wide because everybody is trying to see uh, and maybe do the same thing at the same time, but with its own resources. Because at the time when we were looking at that, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, there wasn't enough uh, sophisticated tools uh, to, to see, to analyze the data. That's why we started building our own tools that enabled us to, to see cohorted data uh, in App Store. Uh, that uh, made us see, uh, that made us, that enabled us, I'm sorry, to calculate correct LTVs uh, and then start uh, doing pricing tests. Uh, and really, we had a lot of assumptions at first, uh, thinking that, okay, uh, yearly packages are always better uh, in terms of LTV. So we're yearly packages all around. We were uh, prioritizing those packages all around. But uh, it turns out uh, that's not the case in every market. In every market, it uh, has, its, uh, has its specialties. And, and by every market, you mean like geos uh, or market. verticals? Okay. Yeah, exactly. For example, uh, I don't know. And that depends on the apps as well. Uh, for example, for an app, uh, our highest LTV is yearly uh, in Japan. Uh, but the same app uh, has uh, a highest LTV for a weekly package in the United States. That's, that, really, that, can have, uh, uh, that can be based on uh, the... the on the app, the the the, the, the profit, the uh, the added value of the app to, to the user, mm -hmm. also cultural things, uh, local cultural uh, cultural preferences. So uh, really, that uh, opened our eyes to and uh, pushed us to do a lot of 
pricing test, all run in different countries and things. And uh, as you might imagine, along the way, we uh, improved uh, our tools to mm -hmm. see further details, to help us uh, make quicker decisions. Uh, we developed a, a certain expertise on how to read the data, etc., etc. And uh, as I was saying, uh, this really uh, matured with uh, the launching of, of publishing. And uh, when we launched the publishing division, we had mm -hmm. both uh, the finances to support the, the apps we were taking on, and uh, also uh, marketing uh, expertise on top of that, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we were starting to spend uh, important sums, and also uh, a perspective on, on pricing and how to optimize revenue. Right, so uh, the value proposition uh, became really strong at that point. So uh, we bring in marketing expertise, cash, and uh, revenue optimization, and uh, it's it's really not easy. Uh, so um, uh, coming back to the question is what's uh, what's your what are you applying and what's the the, the secret sauce? The secret sauce basically is I think what everybody says, uh, do as much test as possible at every single step of the way. It could be your marketing material, it could be your app store page, it could be your paywall, it could be uh, the notifications you send, uh, it could be the pricing, it could be, I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. At every point of your funnel, uh, you do as much test as possible. But the tricky thing is to prioritize because everybody has limited resources. So, what part of the funnel you should focus on? Uh, do I prioritize the retention, for example, or do I prioritize the activation of my uh, install base, or do I have a problem of uh, having clicks and having them uh, having people install, or do I have a problem in uh, converting trials into real subs? These are all different aspects, a couple of examples along the funnel, but uh, they're all valid, and uh, you need to really know what to focus on to, to mm -hmm. avoid uh, wasting resources, right? Because uh, you don't want to be spending on retention where the retention is not a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes it's also even... Uh, sorry, sorry, sometimes it's also about just spotting when to use it, right? Because uh, a lot of the apps that I work with typically realize it quite late that how their funnels look like and then suddenly there is a increased need to do this do things quicker so to yeah. your point like sometimes you don't even have these insights right as an app developer when you're starting out so it's quite difficult even with these many tools you would imagine you have these insights but so so yeah there is a sentiment of urgency you start reading around etc so you discover all this world that uh, of things you could do uh, payroll optimization, uh, retention management, etc., etc., and you you have this overwhelming sense of urgency. So, okay, I should do something. There is something blue, but where do I start? Uh, and where do I start? Uh, also, begins the question. Okay, uh, what tool do I use? How 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 do I start? How do I attack this this, this world of uh, subscriptions? Because because you feel that. You, are, you have, you have uh, maybe a growth, but 
uh, you see that you are not doing everything uh, as you should do it, but really the, the missing thing and this sense of urgency is that, okay, what, what next, what do I do? What tool do I use and uh, how do I interpret the data and how do I, do I translate this into, in, into actions? And this was really uh, a, a big pain, pain, pain point for us as well as we were growing. And when I mean growing is both for our own apps and all the apps that were coming from the publishing side. Uh, all of us that we found ourselves having uh, a lot of apps that we had to test, we had to uh, vet before we really onboarded them. Uh, that's a whole other discussion of methodology, but uh, <laughs> if it comes to that, we can discuss it later. Uh, and uh, with growing apps, you have uh, you are expanding geographically as well, so you have several countries. So you have all these problems of uh, where in the funnel should I look? Uh, and that can also differ from country to country, right? So you can have a retention problem in, in that country, but acquisition is more acute in another country. So uh, what we are do doing at first uh, manually pushed us to start building additional internal tools, which is also a big trap, as I was saying before. I mean, uh, you really pour enormous resources in, in building tools like that. Uh, and again, we will come to, to insights. Uh, but I think uh, industry-wise, it's really done that we all, all uh, big studios have to build those tools or uh, complement the, the tools that they buy with their own in-house uh, add-ons. Uh, it would be great to have one tool to rule them all, but I think we are past that point. So uh, mm -hmm. I, the next best thing is really to uh, to uh, have uh, um, to be able to see uh, what are the urgencies uh, in terms of optimizing your app, and 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 then uh, having someone to guide you through. What to look at, where to look at, and what to do about it. And this is basically what uh, what our biggest pain point was. And uh, we thought that if we solve this for ourselves, that would be also helpful for a lot of other people out there. And this was the beginning of of, of our insights. What I like about it as well is how you have productized your thinking sort of to say, and it's very rare that someone has the experience that you had uh, in terms of not only publishing their own apps, which someone might have, um, but also to work on the business side of things and to actually take on apps uh, and, you know, help them grow. So you get exposed to a lot more apps and that's why I think there's more nuance to how you approach it versus someone who's an app developer who's just started building his own apps or her own apps right uh two quick questions actually one of them is are there too many tools out there <laughs> so you know what uh, do you see any or actually even one before that is you mentioned like these big uh corporate houses or publishing houses who are trying to build everything from scratch and in-house is there any merit to that approach like do you feel like there is any good positive outcome that might come out of that versus opting for a third party tool uh, or is there no good reason why someone should do it and then the second question is also like on the tech stack itself because now i think 
as you said right there is no master tool <laughs> unfortunately but i think we are in this space where there are so many approaches uh, in terms of getting an agency in to use the tools that you already have and get started with one or two tools you also have approaches where you want to get all the tools and then understand how to use them in conjunction with each other and sometimes it's about like one tool which is offering so many things that you are kind of buying into their whole package without real like they usually have one expertise but the other parts of the tools don't work very well so how do you you know frame and understand these concepts it will be pretty useful to understand yeah uh, the first question uh, was is there any way to build your own tool uh, i think uh, the best reason to build your own tools is that you build something that are really made for you. It's, it's tailor-made. Uh, it represents how you look at the data, how you interpret it. And uh, I think uh, if you are past a stage, uh, I mean, it, it's a chicken and an egg problem. Um, if you can build a tool, if you have the resources to build a tool, it means that you uh, are past a certain level of revenue because it's really not uh, easy and cheap to, to start building a tool. And if you are uh, past uh, a certain threshold, uh, I think uh, you start thinking that uh, you are pretty good at uh, what you do. So you develop your own uh, concepts of how to look at the data, how to interpret things, etc. because you are successful. So you are generating a, a great deal of revenue. So what you're doing must be, must be right, right? So I'm not... Um, uh, saying anything against that, so but it it it, it um, comes to the fact that since you are thinking that your way of thing, of doing things uh, mm -hmm. is good and you have the proof because uh, you have the revenue uh, and the revenue gives you the means to build a tool, uh, you say okay, why not build myself a tool? Because uh, if I go out and shop around. Uh, that tool won't show me this part of the, of the business. Uh, this other tool will lack uh, this vision. So I'm better off building my own, right? So mm. it's understandable, but uh, I think it's uh, it's really expensive. And most of the time, uh, the, the impression I have is that you start this journey without really realizing how costly and how time consuming it is. Uh, we started just by uh, showing the data that weren't shown on, on the App Store, uh, but was available on the course, just for ourselves, you know. Uh, and even that, to be able to comment correctly, you, sh uh, you, you, you needed to have different perspectives. Uh, are you going to look at the snapshot basis and aggregate basis? Are you going to look at the cohort basis? If you're going to look at the cohort basis, what time frame to use? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so we have all those complications, and I think there is really no end to how deep you can go in analysis and way of thinking and way of analyzing things. So uh, my my answer to the question is: uh, if you have uh, available resources and if you enjoy that, go ahead and, and build yourself a tool. But uh, again, I'm uh, I think. Uh, at the risk of repeating myself, I think 
And for every company to, to build its own tool is really done industry-wide because uh, at, at the end, they all look at the basic same things. Maybe slightly different perspectives, but I don't think they are worth uh, building a, a different tool each time, right? Uh, so yeah, I think for the great majority, uh, shopping around should be enough. And if you are big enough, uh, you should have also the, the pool to ask your uh, provider, your tool provider, to add a feature. Uh, if you are above a certain uh, MRR, uh, I think they will listen to you and <laughs> prioritize <laughs> in the backlog what you're asking. It's possible. If a couple of dev uh, companies ask the same thing, uh, you'll have it in a, in a couple of months. So uh, that's my answer to, to the first question. The second question, by the way, yes, yeah, just uh, shortly on that, I think uh, one thing that also you might miss if you're building your own set of tools is that even though it's your experience and you're building for the way you things you want to look at things right uh, or look at metrics or insights you underestimate the other components of growth that are going to come into it at a later stage as well so sometimes what i see is with these in-house build tools they don't connect very well to other parts of your growth strategies that might come right so for instance uh, at least from the crm world you see very basic things on user subscription statuses or you know what they have done with their subscriptions pass on or never pass on through these internal tools because it's just harder to configure with your uh, with your crm tools whereas like having a third party tool like third party tools have to be up to the industry standards and up to like all the new growth strategies that are happening as well so you get that added benefit that someone is thinking full time on what potential ways of connecting it to other growth systems and you know creating new data pipelines might also work whereas you might be limited in your thinking because you have grown to a certain stage but you kind of still aren't there where you want to be so to say right so um, there's a problem in that concept of uh, building for yourself as well yeah, right. exactly right. and i think that's a really good point there uh, to, to, to elaborate on that there's, uh, I'm also seeing two points. The first one is you are missing out on the expertise of others because you're not the only one successful out there. There are a lot of com other companies who are also successful and they are probably doing some things different than you. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, in building your own tool, you are limiting yourself to, to, our, to, our, to, to your own perspective, right? Uh, Whereas uh, if you use a, a third-party tool, uh, since it will be built to serve a larger portion of, uh, of, of customers, uh, you will see, oh, I never uh, looked at this from this perspective, and maybe you'll discover something really worthwhile. And, and the second thing also you mentioned, I, I really think it's, it's important as well, uh, you build your own tools in your own way of thinking. And uh, when the next day, as you said, you need to move on to the next stage or another part of the funnel. And maybe you discover that you won't be able to build that part yourself. So you need to integrate with, with an external tool. Uh, but your in-house tool is not adapted to that. So you have to rebuild the whole thing from scratch. And that's a huge uh, cost. Uh, but mm. all those third-party tools, the, the, to, to survive... Uh, they need to develop their 
integration capabilities with, with each other, right? Uh, even with Slack, integrating with Slack. So it's you can integrate with Slack your own tool as well, but uh, you maybe also have to integrate with RevenueCat. So you have to dig into how RevenueCat exports this data. Same thing for uh, other exactly. things. So it really becomes bigger and bigger. Uh, and again, if you have all the resources, why not? But I think if you are on that path, you end up uh, building a, a tool for others as well. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's basically what it is. So, so yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, and uh, then the, I guess the million dollar question is, you know, what your recommendation after having gone through this experience is like the tech stack and, uh, you know, maybe not an ideal setup because I realized that changes from company to company and, you know, from what space you're in, etc. Uh, and what your growth targets might be. But how many tools should one have? And, uh, you know, what is your set of thinking around how do you make that decision on which tools to get first and when, right, in your growth uh, trajectory as well? Well, uh, preparing for this uh, for this podcast, I looked at the list of our own tools, how many tools we use, and it's more than 50 tools. So, <laughs> but, but there's a big but in this. It includes everything. What I mean, everything is Slack as a tool as well. Uh, Google Drive as a tool, all uh, AWS services, etc. what you need to run your apps. So since we also have this uh, now B2B activity, uh, this publishing activity, we use an exceptionally high number of tools because uh, we send out emails, so we have tools for that. We, uh, we have a sales pipeline, so we have CRM tools for that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, 50 is, is really uh, because we have three, three different businesses uh, and uh, a company who only builds apps wouldn't need that much. Uh, but basically, if I classify the tools, so all the tools you need to run the app, uh, I mean, it's not the subject of the discussion, but just the basic thing on, on, on tools. Uh, I find mm-hmm. it funny. So <laughs> I, I, like the categorized, categorized uh, things. So, um, uh, all the tools you need to run your app, uh, servers, the, the, the features sometimes need uh, some additional uh, tools as well. Uh, you have all the tools to run your team, uh, Slack, collaboration, design, etc., whatnot. Um, uh, and then when you move on to uh, monetization uh, and spending, uh, you need some tools to see the data, really, because again, if you want to do things well, you can't rely on absolute dashboards. That's that's quite impossible. Uh, you need to look at the uh, data, as you were saying, what your subscribers are doing, why are they leaving the funnel, etc. So uh, you have uh, tools that connect to absolute data and give you. Uh, details about that. You have tools that are SDK-based, so that run on events uh, that you might use uh, to, uh, to run the pre- pre- after the installation phase uh, until mm-hmm. the user becomes a subscriber. Uh, and all those tools that give you real-time data uh, that leverage uh, Apple's S2S notifications uh, to avoid waiting for the end of the cohorts 
to, to be able to see that. Uh, and then you have the spending side, you need MMPs to, to, see, to attribute your, uh, how you spend. Uh, and then uh, another category is all the actions, all the tools you need to, to use to take the action. So you looked at your data uh, of your subscribers, you looked at the, how you spend your money, uh, and then uh, you started realizing what's happening, uh, did the analysis, uh, and then you move on to, okay, what do I do to improve this? Hmm. The state of things. So, uh, do you run A/B tests uh, for your paywalls? Do you run a pricing tests? Do you send notifications? Do you improve your UI? Do you improve your onboarding, etc.? And you have different sets of tools for each one of them. So, uh, the answer: How many tools? Uh, I I think uh, maybe a dozen uh, to really address everything. Uh, but uh, it could be less based on the stage of your app and. The, the question here is how do you uh, discover, how do you uh, put your finger on what's wrong with the app? Mm. So if you can go out and, and buy uh, 10 tools at once, and uh, even it's not a question of buying, it's having the resources to, to, tell, to understand the tools, to, to understand what they're saying to you if they're analytic tools, and understand how to use them if they are action related tools uh, and prioritize. So do I send notifications? Do I attack attention? Do I attack acquisition, etc.? And uh, so I think really uh, what we, we uh, on that exercise are trying to do is really uh, help developers to, uh, to take those decisions. Uh, because we haven't talked about what insights to that will be for another episode, but the, really, the idea behind insights, again, is from our own pain point, is really to uh, detect what's wrong and or where's the opportunity and uh, what would be the impact of this opportunity or the problem if I were to solve it, right? Mm. Uh, and this helps you uh, prioritize stuff. And the idea uh, while we were building insights was to uh, detect the country because our experience told us that every country, country, as I was saying before, has different specifications. So it has to be a country uh, side of things. It has to be a dollar-based impact because uh, at the end, that's what you have to do. You have to optimize uh, what you make uh, while you uh, build your app. So what's the impact of, uh, of the thing you will do, uh, and add to the fray the problem and the root cause of it. So basically, uh, what Mandak Insights does is uh, we detect a problem, its root cause, where it's happening, and the impact of it uh, if you were to take care of it. And then you can start going out uh, shopping for tools, and maybe if you already have them, and you're asking yourself, okay, I have this great tool for A-B testing, but in which country do I start? start? How do I run this? Because that, that's a problem I heard from uh, one of our partners who, who, are, uh, who have a great tool of, for A-B testing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they are able to uh, stress the point that A-B testing for paywalls is really important, 
because uh, I'm trying to think of articles out there, and this is the one of the first things uh, development teams do uh, to optimize. It's a good decision. Uh, they have a well enough uh, tool that uh, leverages that, but uh, what they told us was that they were able to make the sale, right? So the developers are aware that they need to do a payment test, and they go out, they go out and shop for different alternatives. This company is able to convince them that their tool is the best, and uh, they should use it. So they they conclude the sale, but then the customers uh, the customer turn out and ask, okay. I have the tool now, where do I start? And uh, since uh, they don't have their own apps, this company, uh, they're also a bit limited. So they have to do the analysis for the customer to, to be able to tell them where to start the test. And it's not their business, right? This yeah. is where the idea of partnership uh, came. Uh, because what we're trying to do is really place the analysis part, dig into the data and tell you where is the problem, if that's an able test that you should have done, in which country, and what will be the impact. So you will know upfront uh, if your efforts uh, will be worthwhile. But again, that's a whole other conversation for, uh, for another uh, time. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's do part two of that to cover insights a bit more in detail. And I think just to, you know, to wrap it up as well, right? Like uh, to conclude your point about tool selection, having, I think MadDuck uh, is actually quite uniquely positioned in that sense, right? Because it it can help you make those decisions uh, on how many tools you might need. And if you have limited budget, which usually is the case, uh, you can sort of pinpoint where in that, you know, in those phases that you mentioned, uh, right from gathering data to actually analyzing where the problem might be. Uh, you can do that quite quickly, right? Like you can get to those insights quite quickly. And it helps you then make these decisions, which I always hear app developers sort of complain about uh, i have no i'm not an app developer myself uh, so i don't know how real these problems are so i have to sort of you know carry back on like secondhand experiences but i think you know i always hear problems around resource allocation so even if you have these tools who do you get in to operate um, and you know hire and it's a tough decision right if you don't have these insights you might do what the industry is doing without having concrete insights on your business and where you might want to get that first hire in if you have limited budgets. Tool selection as well, of course, as you mentioned, but then also business prioritization, right? Like, for instance, is price testing the right thing for me to do right now? Or is it more about getting the right screenshots in, right? Of course, we need to do everything all at once, but... Um, if you had to make a call to select one of those, it, it can get quite hard, right? Based on industry and based, just based on community knowledge as well. Because everyone has something to say for paywall testing, price testing, but also like apps optimization, CRM and retention. So I would yeah. love to, like, you know, that's the more complex part. Um, and so we should definitely uh, do another round on like insights and how specifically you're using uh, these insights to you know, what can a person expect out of these insights? Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was super fun having you and uh, hearing your story. And I can't wait to do the part two uh, of this. There is going to be a part two. We already discussed doing this uh, soon. So yeah, I'm very excited about it. But uh, any any last wrapping thoughts on, on this episode? 
again, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I, I really uh, enjoy t talking about this, and uh, um, because uh, as I we, we mentioned at the beginning, we are really uh, you really need to be uh, somewhat mad about this stuff to, 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 to attack us because it's, it's really complicated and uh, you really need some uh, some passion to, to really uh, try and uh, discover it all and, uh, and try to really um, aim uh, for the top to improve yourself uh, constantly. And uh, we really have this perspective for our own apps and this is how we uh, came up with this and this is why I get so excited every time I, I talk about it. And uh, I, I'm, I really don't know yet if uh, what we are uh, building uh, will be will prove its product market fit, but uh, we come from a, a real pain point. And uh, what we are trying to do is really to talk to a lot of people out there, a lot of developers, a lot of consultants to have their take, take uh, on insights and to decide the next steps together because we see a really a huge number of opportunities out there on how we can develop this, this tool to help uh, developers better. But really, uh, as any startup guide uh, advises you to do, we really need to lead the market, uh, make decisions. Of course, we have mm. our hunches and our vision, uh, but I think uh, it's it's time for us to uh, test uh, the, 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 what we build with the realities of the market, and we are really excited to, to be at that stage. So, uh, looking forward to, to uh, the second episode to dig deeper in, into that and uh, uh, hopefully have, have some reactions, some comments, uh, and, and people dis discovering the tool and giving feedback to us to help us uh, build. Uh, in, in the months and years to come. Yeah, definitely. And you are the you know one of the few people that I know who are always welcome to the feedback on your tools in such an open way. Uh, we had a conversation, I think, a few months ago, and um, it was one of the best, not demos, I wouldn't call it a demo, but like something that I saw and I was very impressed by how receptive you were um, to these comments and just like people using your product to actually validate these concerns. So I strongly encourage anyone you know if if they hear this and like if they are actually even keen to testing your it's super easy to test right and but anyway i can we can dive a bit deeper into that uh, in uh, part two uh, but yeah thanks so much tara for for being here and for spending we just hit an hour mark um so i guess uh, th that's that makes for a good conversation uh, and hopefully uh, let's chat more in part two then thank yes. you yeah, and thanks for having me see you next time of course